It's time for Hoop Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates on 95.3 KGY. A weekly look at high school basketball in the area with your hosts, Noel Wall and Olympian prep contributor, Dave Weber. And good morning. Welcome to Hoop Talk. It's Thurston County's high school basketball roundup show, as the announcer just told you. Uh, it'll be available for podcast on the KGY website after the show. Look for Hoop Talk under the on-air drop-down menu. You can also enter your soon-to-be new driver to win driver's education from 911 Driving School. And uh, I don't know if we ever announced the winner that we had after football season, but I'll dig up that name. And uh, she was from Shelton High School and really happy to win. Uh, Let's see. We went from 16 teams two weeks ago to just four last week. We now have two local teams in the 2019 high school basketball tournament that started Last night uh, in uh, Yakima, Spokane, and Tacoma, and Dave, you were in the Tacoma Dome yesterday. I was, and it's uh, it's quite a scene. Not quite as many fans on a Wednesday first round as it will be later in the week, but sure. they've got the, the two courts set up end-to-end, the girls at one end, the boys at the other. And having just said that, I was covering the uh, Capital Boys game, and Woodenville was winning their game on a last-second shot. And despite the fact that I just said it's not as many people as it will be later, there was a deafening roar coming through that curtain. So it's a little bit different to be playing on your court and you hear a you know, right. a buzzer beater made on the other end and it goes berserk. But I remember you know, that from my days of covering basketball yeah. in the in the dome and, and you know, the players love it. They love to be in the big time atmosphere and it's a it's a different game for them. One of the guys we're gonna talk about later, Chris Spenner from Capital, he's saying a lot of people can't shoot there because you have those baskets that come up from the floor not down from the ceiling like in a high school gym. Right. And a huge backdrop at one end where the, the basket's here and the wall is in the front of The space is immense yeah. all of a sudden. And then you flip ends, and now you're shooting at that curtain yep. that separates the boys' court from the girls' court. So it's a it's a tough shooting background, and there were some teams that usually score a lot of points down in the 40s and 50s. But yeah. uh, but still, it's a, it's a fun thing. I mean, it's a Tacoma Dome kind of is synonymous with the WIAA. They have their – Football championships right. there, 3A, 4A basketball, the Matt Classic wrestling that we talked about. So, um, yeah, you, you know, if you go to a lot of high school sports, you get used to the Dome, and it's it's the place for the kids to, to look forward to. It really is. Yeah. It's fun to watch the fans, too, because the sometimes, you know, they'll want to get down, get close to whatever game they're watching. And then there's always a group up higher in the stands, right in the middle, so they can watch both games. Yeah, up and, and looking in the middle, and then there's always somebody at any sporting event you go to that wants to sit in the top row yeah, for no apparent reason. I remember uh, years ago going to Oakland A's games when they were not drawing flies. There'd be a couple thousand people in the whole ballpark, and one guy would be way up in the third <laughs> deck in that last seat down the foul line. So, yeah, you yeah. can do that at the Dome. You can't do that in the local high school gym. you gotta got to sit that's, close. That's but. right. That's right. So uh, what do we got a big show today? Later today I'm going to talk with uh, Rebecca McClinton. I actually did that a few days ago. And uh, she is from Olympia Orthopedic Associates. Uh, we talked about stem cell and platelet-rich plasma regenerative treatments that are practiced by the doctors at Olympia Orthopedic. It's really fascinating and uh, transforming about the kind of stuff they're doing these days. Uh, back in 1949 and 50, my dad was a student at the Aberdeen Bobcats, or as the Aberdeen Bobcats qualified for the state tournament two years in a row. He went to both tournaments, and uh, yesterday I got a chance to talk to him about the experience, so we'll hear some of that discussion. Uh, Dave, you got to talk to Capital Coach Brian Van Diver and Chris Penner, who 
uh, hit lights out ball, it sounded like, uh, last night as uh, the Cougars fetched an opening round win. And so we'll get to that a little bit later. First of all, uh, Rainiers, the Rainier, the Mountaineers, uh, the girls uh, finish 19-3. Uh, and uh, they stumbled in a 61-point loss to Wakayakum, uh first off. That was a big one. Well, no, that was actually in the regional round. And right. That and they, but they Saturday, still, last yeah, Saturday. Last Saturday, which was, which was kind of odd because Rainier was the number eight seed. Wakayakum was the number one seed. They'd played earlier in the year. Wakayakum got a big win. But um, Rainier was, you know, poised to bounce back. Both those teams were guaranteed a trip to the actual state tournament site in Spokane. So it wasn't terribly important, but to get beaten like that is really devastating. But the Mountaineers, to their credit, bounced back um, and almost made their way up forward in the tournament. They played Brewster yesterday afternoon, um, or last night rather, and they were leading 43-36 heading into the fourth quarter. Couldn't quite hold on to that. Um, but what a bounce back to to compete and have the lead and you know be a be a, a regular force in the tournament after a, almost an embarrassing defeat. Yeah, um, yeah. And well, then forty three into the third or fourth quarter, you said. Yeah, they were up by seven, and then they got outscored in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, they did because they only scored yeah, they only uh, scored five five points, points in, in the fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. Yeah, but the good thing for them is that the big story about them is they went from. Uh, Two and eighteen last year to actually twenty one and two this twenty one and three this year at the end, and a lot of that was fueled by freshmen. And boy, did their freshman star come through last night! Haley Schultz, thirteen of twenty field goal attempts were good, thirty points total, seven rebounds, three assists, and two steals. So obviously, her future is bright. And they did have a senior go out on a relatively high note. Sandra Miles scored nine points, grabbed five rebounds. And Rainier outshot Brewster 40 to 35%, but they gave up 10, 20 turnovers and 10 offensive rebounds, which just gave the Bears too many chances to score. All right. But looking to the future, as you said, a lot of freshman talent. Yep. They're looking to the future. Got Kaylee, the next, next girl in line, Faith Besh. And then they've got some others that don't get the, uh, the numbers yet, but will in the future. All right. Today's B matchups the uh, Liberty and Davenport, South Bend and Wakayakum. And uh, there we have our first segment, and we'll be back with more. It's State Tournament Weekend. And uh, later, I talk with my dad, Norm, about going to the 1949 and 50 state tournaments to watch the Aberdeen Bobcats play. He had quite an experience that included an encounter with the Seattle Police Department. Next, I talk with Rebecca McLennan from Olympia Orthopedic Associates about stem cell and platelet-rich plasma regenerative treatments and how they're practiced by uh, the doctors at Olympia Ortho. Don't go away. This is Hoop Talk on Olympia's KGY. And welcome back once again to Hoop Talk on KGY, brought to you by Olympia Orthopedic Associates. And uh, with me today again is Rebecca McLennan. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Noel. I'm great. Thanks. All right. And we are going to talk about regenerative medicine. Tell me briefly, what is regenerative medicine? So regenerative medicine is basically treatments that utilize the body's own naturally occurring healing mechanisms to help treat injuries and relieve pain. And how do you do that? You do that with stem cells sometimes, right? Yeah, we have two different types of regenerative medicine. We have mesenchymal stem cells, and then we have platelet-rich plasma injections, which are also known sometimes as PRP injections. Okay, well, let's talk first about the mesenchymal stem cells. I've heard a little bit about how this works, but tell me about it. 
The mesenchymal stem cells are essentially the body's own specialized cells that have the potential to develop into cells that help repair damaged tissue, damaged ligaments, or damaged tendons. So they're the blank cells that can become kind of anything. Right. So tell me, Rebecca, about acquiring the mesenchymal stem cells and how you use them. So what we do is do a bone aspirate from the back of the pelvis. We take that bone aspirate and put the sample into a centrifuge, spin it down, and then take the stem cells out of that uh, centrifuged blood and re-inject it into the site of injury. It will never leave the patient. And these are, these are my own stem cells. Uh, they're not cells. like uh, you hear about uh, stem cells for study and that other kind of stuff that they get out of umbilical cords or whatever. That's not this. No, this is not this. This is your own body stem cells just re-injected into the site of injury. And is that especially important or is that just uh, kind of nice for people to know that it's your own stem cells? Well, it does certainly improve the safety, particularly because it is your body's own blood platelets or your own stem cells, uh, and the risk of rejection um, is extremely minimal. And then the other treatment you talked about were platelet-rich plasma treatments. So tell me a little bit about that. So uh, with platelet-rich plasma injections, uh, it's simply a blood draw that's again put into the centrifuge. And the platelets that contain the specialized proteins and growth factors that can trigger the body's natural healing response are injected back into, again, the site of injury. So it's similar. Yes. And both of these are going to help just kind of regrow the area. Is that right? Right. What we theorize is that they have the potential to generate he the healing response um, at the site of injury. Okay, and so these are used a lot to treat inflammation and osteoarthritis and uh, the injuries you talked about. So it's good for knee pain, right? Yeah, it's great for knee pain, particularly patellar tendonitis. Uh, it's great for hip pain, particularly we've had lots of success with osteoarthritis of the hip. And we also have our one of our foot and ankle specialists is using PRP in particular and having great success with things like plantar fasciitis, uh, ligament sprains, partial Achilles tendon tears, and then Achilles tendonitis. And I'm sure shoulder and arm, that also, everything else we've talked about, yep. that's, that's sure good too. Um, how about back pain or anything like that? We haven't done much in the way of uh, back pain for PRP and stem cell injection at this time. Tell me about the safety for regenerative medicine treatment. So as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, because you're using your body's own blood platelets and your body's own stem cells, the uh, risk for injury to that area or rejection is very minimal. Okay, and how about the effectiveness of these kind of treatments? So far, we've had uh, really a great success with these treatments. Uh, there's been some studies that have been published recently. One in the American Journal of Sports Medicine found that up to 78% of patients with knee osteoarthritis that had a PRP injection had decreased pain and increased function of that knee one year later. All right. So that's pretty good results. Yeah, pretty great results. So how would I know if I might be a candidate for either of these regenerative operations or so procedures, the, I should say? So the best way to know is to come in and talk to one of our specialists that does regenerative medicine, either PRP or stem cell, because it isn't right for every injury. Okay. So how do I get a hold of you then and start the ball rolling? So you can reach us at oliortho.com. Or you can call us at 360-709-6230. And we've got four providers that offer these procedures. Uh, Dr. Leela Borders at Hawks Prairie Rock and Dr. Richard Lamore at the Eastside Clinic offer PRP. And Dr. Tracy Hamblin and Dr. Dominic Cremiano offer both stem cell and PRP. And they're both located at our Westside Clinic. 
All right, Rebecca, thank you very much. Is there anything else I should know about either mesenchymal or platelet-rich plasma regenerative treatment? I would say just make sure if you're interested and you feel that you're a candidate, make sure that you're going to somebody who's board certified and has been adequately trained to offer these procedures. That sounds like a very great and important idea right there. All right, thanks for coming in and talking to us again this morning. Thanks, Noel. Thanks for having me. And uh, with that, we'll take another break. We'll be back with more on Hoop Talk. This is Olympia's own 95.3 KGY. And welcome back to Hoop Talk on KGY. I'm Noel Wall. It is State Basketball Tournament Weekend. The state tournaments have always been huge events. And how could it be otherwise? Because anytime you get a bunch of schools together for a several-day event, so many students, the athletes, the support folks, it's always a big deal. In my own growing up in the 70s in Tacoma, uh, my friends and I would annually gain admission to the UPS Fieldhouse to watch whichever B schools were playing that year, and it was always exciting. Uh, the players battling for the top spot, the bands, the cheerleaders, the fans, uh, the joys and the heartbreaks were all memorable. If I go back farther than that, in 1949 and 1950, uh, Norman Wall, who had yet to achieve greatness by becoming my father, was a student <laughs> at Weatherwax High School. And uh, that year, Aberdeen qualified, both years, Aberdeen qualified for the state tournament. Two years in a row, they finished fourth uh, the first time around and made it to third the second time. And you went. This was back in the days before uh, you would go and get a motel room and stay all comfy and cozy. We would have done that if we had the money, but we didn't. So we had, we stayed in the back of my dad's pickup truck right in the parking lot of the uh, Hecht Edmondson Pavilion. On the UW campus. UW campus, yeah. And uh, you went with a couple of band members. Yes, kid named Daryl Kretz and another kid named uh, Bob McAllister, and they were, yeah, they were in a band, saxophone player and a bassoon player. And you said you had a player come back from war who was a very good player. We had, uh, yeah, there was, uh, in my class, junior high and on, on was a kid named uh, uh, George Vlastalika. They were from a, a Croatian family in Tacoma, and they had a, he had an older brother who was in the Marines, who hadn't graduated from high school. So when he somehow got out of the Marines, he came back to Aberdeen and started in school. And he, so he started in, uh, as a junior in high school when I, was a, when I was a junior. And so he was in the same class as his brother. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Tony had played some basketball with the Marine. And he was about six foot six, six foot seven, and turned out to be a super basketball player. He was our star player for two years. Uh, went on to play for Oregon State, and I believe after college he went and played in Europe uh, for a few years. That was <laughs> that was our the, our our star for both those both of the 1949 and 50 years. And the, in 1949, the uh, tournament opened March 16th. Aberdeen played Bremerton. You remember about that game? I the, I remember the game, but I don't I don't remember the details of it. Well, they didn't do as well as Aberdeen no, because I, they got beat 33 to 32 <laughs> in that opening game. And in the second <laughs> round, uh, Bobcats met Garfield. That was a problem. It was a problem. <laughs> okay, Garfield had some real good players. One of them was Oscar Holden, a big black kid, and it was a kind of an international team. They had Ray Su, who was Japanese okay. or Chinese or something, 
And then they had uh, Ray Muscatel, who was Italian. <laughs> and these were kids who were from the tough part of Seattle. Well, they beat the Bobcats 40-27, to 27, so yeah. then on the consolation side of the bracket, Aberdeen had to face Bellarmine Prep. Yes. I can, I can remember what the players looked like, but I just don't remember their names from Bremerton at that time. But I think Aberdeen must have won that. Aberdeen thing. won that game 40-33. to 33, And then the consolation final, Bobcats faced Pasco. And Pasco won that game. They were fourth that year. So in 1950, the tournament took place, uh, started in March 15th. And uh, Aberdeen played the final game of the opening round against Bremerton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they had a 57 to 45 point, a 12 point win for Aberdeen. For Aberdeen against Bremerton. Okay. This is this is the year Tony Vlasalika came into his own. He had a uh, hook shot from the key that was just deadly. Nobody does that anymore. No, nobody does it anymore. And uh, with his height at that time, there weren't that many six foot six players around or even six foot yeah. five or four, he had a, an advantage, but he was also a terrific athlete. Other players on that team were Jim Robeck and uh, Earl Perkins. They were forwards, and Walt Brudvick and Kenny Palmer were the guards on those team, that team. So after that win over Bremerton the next day, again the late game of round two, Bobcats beat Highline 56 to 35, so now a 21-point win. Yeah, and uh, that indicates what uh, I don't know if you have the have the individual scorers, but no, that I do not from to- those years. To- Tony was hitting thirty points a game pretty regularly. Wow! In the third round, Aberdeen would face Lincoln of Seattle, and Aberdeen lost that game by one point. By what? It was a terrific game. I remember that game very well, and both te- teams played well and. Uh, one of the star players went on, and I can't, wish I could remember his name because he went on to coaching in, in uh, a Seattle high school and did really well as a coach. But I can't remember his name. I could visualize him, but I can't remember his name. Anyway, that could have been the, the championship game right there. Yeah, it sounded like it. Um, and in the consolation final, so the Cats made the consolation final two years in a row. This time they'd win it. They beat Clarkson 40-36 to 36 yeah. and finished third. That's correct, yeah. And so uh, that year, actually, South Kitsap beat Lincoln in the final. And that was a real talk about an upset because South Kitsap at that time was a suburb of Bremerton. You know? Right, so right. It was a small school. Now, later, it became one of the biggest biggest high school intended-wise in the country because they built a big high school and everybody in the county had to go to that high school. But they, I can remember the players. I don't remember their names, but they, were, they just played a... A super game. Any other favorite memories from the tournaments? <laughs> oh, the cheerleaders were pretty good. <laughs> All right, you told me uh, you told me a story about waking up the first morning. Okay, we were in our pickup truck. It just had a canopy on the back. I think it was can- just a canvas canopy. Like good boys, we went to sleep, went to bed, you know, when we should have. And uh, and the, as I mentioned, these other two band players were in the were there. Sometime early in the morning, there's a beating on the door on the side of the truck, and somebody said, "Rise and shine, boys!" And we stuck our heads out, and there was a Seattle policeman standing right there, and we thought, "Oh, we're probably going to be in trouble." Well, he just all he had to say was, "Well, I found somebody's bassoon," 
sitting on the <laughs> running board last night, and I took it back to the station, so I thought I'd better bring it back this morning. Well, that was Bob McAllister's bassoon, which probably was worth more than the truck. <laughs> more than the pickup truck, yeah. That's right. And it was fortunately hadn't rained, or it would have been a, a real sad story, but uh, it was turned out to be sort of comical, yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a fun experience way back then. Uh, from then till now, we had some good experiences with the basketball tournament. We, you and I got to sit courtside and that's, do play-by-play. That's right. I was your uh, color man. I was the color man, I think. Right. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. So anyway, the whole point of this segment is to uh, just talk about all the different fun that people can have at a tournament and encourage you. There is a tournament in Yakima. There's a tournament in Tacoma. There's a tournament in Spokane this weekend. And uh, you can go see some basketball games. We're going to be back, and when we do get back, we'll finish up our coverage of last night's opening round loser out results. We'll take a look at who will enter the double elimination part of the tournament. Don't go away now. This is Hoop Talk on Olympia's KGY. And we are back with Hoop Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic. Noel and Dave here with the only complete high school basketball roundup show, and uh, it's getting thinner and thinner as uh, teams get eliminated, uh, starting with the Black Hills Wolves boys team. Yeah, it was a tough one for this, the uh, Wolves. They went up to play Anacortes at Mount Vernon High School, which, uh, according to Coach Jeff Gallagher, was going to be kind of like a road game because Anacortes was going to bring their fans in force over there to Mount Vernon. I bet they did, too. Yeah, they probably did, but despite that, it was tied at 38-38 with uh, less than two minutes to go. But the Wolves missed the front end of a one-and-one. Mount Vernon went down and scored. Uh, Black Hills had to foul, and they kind of got out of hand the last few seconds. And, of course, came out on top, 44-38. Um, Zach Crumley led Black Hills with 15 points in that game. Senior Jackson Bauer added 11, his final game. Here's the important thing, though. Jackson Bauer, the only senior on that two-Evergreen Conference champion Black Hills team, so the Wolves return a bunch, and they will probably continue to be very tough for in the next next couple of years at least. Well, they had a really had a fantastic season. Yeah, they had a tremendous season. They was only marred by uh, a loss to uh, Tumwater that kept them from being undefeated in the Evco Conference. But uh, for starting out three and six in their non-league games, they roared back. Had a great league season. Advanced all the way to the regionals. A good. Uh, Good season for a junior-dominated team. Yeah. Meanwhile, the girls uh, extended their uh, their reservations for another couple of nights. Uh, they beat Grandview on Saturday, 52-37. Last night, they beat Archbishop Murphy, 60-47. to uh, They're going to play Clarkston this evening at 7-15. A lot of time to get to Yakima for the game, and they'll have a game tomorrow, too. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to inspire literally uh, one or two or three people <laughs> to drive out there. But... Uh, no, I have to give Black Hills coach Tanya Greenfield credit. I was interviewing her for a newspaper article last week, and she was talking about how um, she told her players this is the same as last year. We had to win a loser-out regional game. We had to win a loser-out game on Wednesday at State, and they ended up coming in fourth, which is not chopped liver at all. And they were seated 13th in the tournament, and they pretty much spanked Archbishop, which was seated fifth. So nice, nice victory last night. Uh, Megan River, junior guard. Led the way with 19 points. Maisie Williams, their uh, key in the middle, who, remember, has just come back the last seven or eight games from injury. She added 16, and 
Uh, their guard that transferred from Riveridge and only started playing midseason, Mia Flores added 11. And the reason I keep harping on Maisie being hurt and Mia coming in late is that Black Hills being the 13 seed might be a real underseed in the sense that they're not the team that compiled their overall record right. for the team they are now. Yep. And that's a pretty darn good team. So, as you mentioned, they'll play Clarkston at 7-15 tonight. And Clarkston's number three, but they just beat number five, so who knows what the Wolves can pull off tonight. All right. Other games uh, in that uh, tournament, Port Angeles and White River. East Valley of Spokane plays Linden, and WF West plays Washougal at 9 o'clock tonight. And you uh, you had an off-mic comment that I thought was uh, pretty good, Dave, that uh, you know you've been covering a lot of high school when you can spell Washougal. Washugal, Wakayakum, you know, just all these different all those things, right? All these different words that you never you never stumble across. I guess maybe if you're a truck driver or something, you'd go down to those places. But right. uh, most of us suburbanites would not have occasion to visit there, but we learn how to spell it. And we'll move up to three A, where Capital Cougars uh, had a big victory uh, last night in a late game. Your uh, eyes must be blurry this morning because that game didn't start till nine o'clock. Uh, they beat Shorecrest last Saturday and then won again last night against West Seattle to set up today's matchup with Mount Spokane, which is, again, going to be a 9 o'clock game in Tacoma. Yeah, it's uh, that's kind of late for a basketball game to start. I was thinking about that. Most of the uh, 7 p.m. starting games end before 9 o'clock. They end like 8.20 or 8.30 during the regular season. So right. Here's these kids playing for all the marbles at an hour that they'd normally be done playing. but uh, Well, I was thinking about that this morning as I'm out walking the dog, thinking at 9 o'clock, I want to go to bed. Yeah. Now, I, I'm a little older, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, once you're there and you're inside the building, you know, time kind of stops, so you're just waiting for your game to start. You're not waiting for 9 p.m. But, right. Uh, uh, it had a little bit of an effect on the crowd, I think, because teams knew it's a loser-out game. If you don't win, your team's not going anywhere anyway. So not a whole lot of people there, although, as I was mentioning, I think also off mic, um, on the the girls' court during the Capitol game, Woodenville, uh, because the girls were a little bit delayed by overtime at the beginning of the Capitol game, Woodenville was wrapping up a uh, overtime win, and it was very, very, very noisy at that end of the place. But um, getting to Capitol's game, uh, very, very good game. Capitol uh, roared out at one point to a 10-point lead, and then West Seattle – Went on an 11 to nothing run to take the lead. Then uh, Chris Benner kind of took over, Capitals' uh, outstanding se- uh, senior guard, who ended up with 26 points. But it was a uh, landmark game for Capital. They had not won at a state tournament site since 1996. They'd won a regional game somewhere along the way, but never at the tournament site. 1996 at the Tacoma Dome, they finished seventh. And uh, won a couple of games. Brian Vandiver, their coach, was a volunteer assistant on that team. So he remembered it. But guess why none of the players remembered it? None of them were born. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's a good long while for the Cougars to go without a uh, a bid. I mean, not a bid, but a victory at State. They lost to Wilson two years ago in a loser-out game. But uh, they um, started right off. Penner, Penner nailed down his first uh, two three-pointers of the night. He, Ended up with six. He hit the first two right at the outset of the game for a six to nothing lead, but that didn't last. As West Seattle's a good team, they roared back, took the lead, uh, and then again, Capital took the big lead. And down the stretch, though, it was all Penner. He, um, you know, well, we'll hear some interviews in a minute. 
both him talking about that stretch and also the coach, but um, he finished off the game. He hit a three from the left wing. He drove for a layup. He had another triple that just sent the place into a frenzy because it kind of made the difference. Yeah. 43-41, he hit a three from the right side, and then he knocked down a couple of free throws. So really good night for for him. Grant Erickson also had double figures with 10, and they have to play, as you mentioned, number two seed Mount Spokane tonight at nine. And one thing that I didn't touch on the interview with uh, either the coach or with Chris Penner is that uh, there's a little thing in these tournaments where somebody has to play their way in and the other team's sitting there waiting. It's a mixed bag. It's Mount Spokane didn't have to play yesterday, so they're not maybe as fatigued. Right. But also they didn't get the nerves out. Capital yeah. got the nerves out. They got a win. They're on a high. They're going to be on the same court tonight. They're going to be on the same court, and then they're going to they're going to come in against Mount Spokane. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works out because they will have had, you know, that just that one game of experience in the setting can calm you down quite a bit. Yes, it can. And then Mount Spokane, you know, they're number two. They're twenty three and one. It's not like they're going to be scared, but they might be just a little bit. Oh, look, the floor bounces differently, or you yep. know, so. Interesting to see what happens. It will be interesting. Let's uh, let's hear that interview with Chris Penner following last night's game. Here it is. So, Chris, you started out right off the bat with those two threes. Yeah. Did that give you a feeling that this is going to be your night? Oh, yeah, I know. There's a thing a lot of people can't shoot in the dome. Uh, hitting those two boosted my confidence right away. I knew it was going to be a fun night, and it was like, it was going to come down to the wire. We all knew it would, but those Did two you think it was still going to come down to the wire when you got that 10-point lead there for a minute? Um, You know, I did. Um, every team goes and runs. If we were down 10, I would have still thought it would have came down to the wire. Uh, they're a good team. Hats off to them, and I knew it was going to be a battle throughout. So when they did come back and they got the lead briefly, yeah. what was it? What was your guys' attitude on the bench and on the court? We just defense. We switched to a quick um, zone, try to switch things up, kind of get the momentum back. Um, we strive, pride ourselves on defense. So um, once we get a stop, then we can translate on offense. So we lock down on D. Okay, and then that last little stretch there, what, what yeah. got into you there? Were you just feeling like you had to do it? I didn't want to go home. I don't want to be done senior year. Um, kind of just felt it. Felt good. I, 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 can't, I can't explain it. Okay. What do you know about Mount Spokane? Anything at all? They're a good team. Yeah. Tune State. Um, I know they have a guard going to Whitworth and a big sophomore post. Uh, it kind of fit our style of play, I think. They don't run and gun as much. Um, I don't know a lot about them. Kind of haven't looked, we didn't look past West Seattle, so we'll try to get some film on them and no more. All right, good luck to you on that one. All right, right following that, uh, a reporter from somewhere else uh, asked him a question, and he kind of said the same thing about, I don't want to go home. That was the yeah. whole thing. I don't want to go home. Well, you know that reporter very well. That was your old sidekick on this show, Lauren Smith. I thought it sounded like Lauren. Yeah, and she was uh, helping me out with the coverage there for the newspaper. But, um, yeah, they don't want to go home. Nobody does and when they lose. That's why these kids are so sad. It's not so much when you see when a team gets defeated in that ultimate game and they don't get to play anymore. It really isn't, oh, we lost. It's more like it's over. You know, I don't get to play on this team anymore. And that's, yeah. uh, that's the thing people don't. People don't uh, often factor in, you know, the practices, the bus rides, you know, just the whole experience. You're going to high school. Yeah, you're taking classes. You have friends that aren't on the team. But a lot of it boils down to your your life's kind of focused on that basketball team. And then when it ends, yep. it's done. And he's a senior, and that will be the end of that. Yeah. One thing I wanted to harken back to Chris's comments. So, you know, he says he didn't know much about Spokane, not Spokane. But he knows they have a guard that's going to Whitworth. You know, he's got all that. Right. You know, he knows so more like, than he thinks he it's knows. Like, it's like, you know, the, Kids now, I mean, if I had been playing in high school and we were about to play a team from 300 miles away, 
Yeah. We have no idea what was going on. They know what their school colors are. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But but he's smart enough to to already know a little bit about them, and that's a good sign for them. All right. And you talk with Coach Brian Vandiver, and uh, I I opened this up right away. So you're still talking about the last time he was at this tournament uh, as this starts. Well, he was at the tournament two years ago, obviously, as a coach. Right, but winning. The last time they won, yeah. And I was surprised because, you know, people that have seen Brian – Kind of look too old, you know. That was twenty three years ago, and he mentions he was just out of college, so that makes him a little bit older than I thought he was. But uh, yeah, I think that was. I think I'm pretty sure that was when they had their all time leading scorer, Ryan Jones, who ended up with uh, more than eighteen hundred points in his career. It's a really good capital team, um, and they won two games out of the four they played to get that seventh place trophy. But you know, since that time, nineteen ninety six, what's that? That's the uh, Start of the second Clinton administration. Right. I mean, that's way back there. That is. And, uh, you know, that's as long as it's been since Capitol succeeded in the state game. And so, yeah, that was a, a good moment for him. All right. Well, here is that interview. Yeah, we were here at the Tacoma Dome. Yeah, Tacoma we Dome. were at the Tacoma Dome. You were, were you playing? No, I was a volunteer assistant. Volunteer that assistant. Year. Yeah, okay. so I didn't I know you were old enough to be a volunteer assistant. <laughs> 20, <laughs> I was fresh 23 out of, years ago. Yeah, huh? I was fresh out of college. So. Wow. Okay. So, how exciting is it to finally get another win at the tournament? This side? is this is huge. This is a huge win for our uh, for our team, um, for our program. The kids believed that they could do it. I'm not sure outside of our fans, too many other people thought we could do it, but they believed in themselves. And when Chris Penner finally awakens, you know, he'd been struggling a little bit from three uh, the last three games. And, man, it was a great night for him to show what he's capable of. So how did uh, how did that feel when he hit those first two threes? Did oh, you, can, did you guys go. It's it's on now. Or? Yeah, we knew. You could tell. Well, he said it shoot around today. He said it shoot around. I feel real good. It's the best I've felt in a while. He just said I feel great. My shot feels great. And of course, he proved it. I mean, early on those first two, and then they started face guarding him. But we found different creative ways to get him the ball. And you know, the other guys stepped up too. I, I was really proud of our defense tonight yeah. as well. And when West Seattle roared back, made that eleven zero run, yeah. went ahead. What were you guys thinking at that point? Well, at that point, you know, we went up 10, and then we, you know, they kind of had that sense of urgency, but we kind of relaxed on defense, too. A few of those shots were uncontested, and that's not like us. We just said we need to get back. We came out in a couple possessions in a zone to try to slow them down a little bit, and that worked, and then we went back to man. And then G had that tip in, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, we went A team, and he missed it, and we had that tip in, and that got us back the lead and kind of calmed us down a little bit right there. What can you say, if anything, about the kind of performance Chris put on in the fourth quarter? It's, it's been magical. I mean, it's something that Chris is capable of. I mean, we've all seen him do it before. I mean, he just he he has nights where he can just completely control a, a basketball game, and this was one of those nights. And thank thank goodness it happened on the biggest stage. Chris was saying, and I'm sure you were thinking the same thing. One game at a time. All you were thinking about was getting by West Seattle. How tough does that make it to come back tomorrow and play the number two seed in the whole tournament? I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it makes it any more tougher. We, we said we said we wanted to stay on the bus. You know, our our things, our motto is about getting on the bus, right? We're all about the energy bus, and we want to see if we can't play as long as we are allowed to play, which is Saturday. And the goal is to play as long as we're allowed to play. So obviously, we knew it was winter. Go home tonight. And we know we've only bought a couple more days, but I don't think it changes anything in terms of we want to play till Saturday. And why not us at this point? Right. Okay, great. Well, see you again tomorrow. Why not us? <laughs> not us, yeah. Modern, modern coaching philosophy. I'm just trying to imagine uh, Bobby Knight saying, 
We're all about the energy bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Different well, world we're living they're in. set up to play tonight at 9 o'clock in Tacoma. Uh, other games today, the earlier games, O'Day will play Marysville Pilchuck. Ingram and Eastside Catholic face off, and Kelso plays Rainier Beach. Kelso can play a little bit. They're not a local team to us, but they're down the road a little bit. They got a kid named Shaw Anderson's going to Seattle Pacific, which also has offered Chris Penner, by the way. So a couple of these guys might end up playing together next year. All right. But, yeah, some good players top to bottom throughout the tournament. Okay, well, there we have it. Uh, great, foot, great football, great basketball still to be played. This is the weekend, folks. Get to a dome somewhere. Uh, still some great basketball played at the college level, too. Yeah, unfortunately for local fans, St. Martin's um, home season is done until perhaps the NC2A tournament. They were last week, they were number one in the uh, official NC2A regional poll, which seeds the tournament. If you end up number one in that poll, you will go to, uh, you will host a NC2A tournament game. Unfortunately, that came out just after the Saints had lost to Seattle Pacific, so we'll see how that affects this week's ranking. Um, Saints tonight are in Napa, Idaho. Huge game with Northwest Nazarene, which is kind of nipping at their heels for the GNAC lead. Um, if the Saints can hold them off, they have a game at Central on the way back Saturday. Uh, Central's down in the standings. Doesn't mean they can't win, obviously, but um, the Saints could do themselves a big favor if they beat Northwest Nazarene tonight. Put them definitely in the driver's seat to uh, to uh, win the GNAC championship. All right, Pacific. keep that high ranking. Yeah, Seattle Pacific's already also pursuing them a little bit. Other team in the area that's still playing, I think we mentioned last week, Evergreen's teams are done. Um South Puget Sound Community College men, 23-4. and four, And they have a colossal game at home on Friday night against Green River, which comes in a game behind the Clippers, still with a chance to uh, tie for the uh, Northwest, Af- Northwest Athletic Conference of Community Colleges Western Division. That is a mouthful. So, But a couple of great teams, and they're kind of linked. Um, Coach Landon at... Uh, SPSCC and Alex Pribble, the coach at St. Martin's, they have a good relationship. And it was uh, SPSCC that sent uh, St. Martin's uh, Luke Chavez, who already knew Pribble, but nonetheless he played first at SPS then went over to St. Martin's. So really good local connections and stuff going on in the uh, local college basketball scene. Sometimes don't get the credit in the media, local media, that they should, but We'll try to see if we can uh, correct that a little bit here and give them the props. Well, that'd be great. We'll be able to talk about them again at least one more week, too, as we uh, will be back. But for today, we got to run. This is uh, Hoop Talk on uh, KGY. Big thanks to Rebecca McLennan from uh, Olympia and Rapid Orthopedic. Uh, To my dad, Norman Wall, for talking about his experience going to the tournament. Also to sponsors like Eleni Bottling, J&I Power, Spin Tees, and Woodshed Furniture, and 911 Driving School. Support them. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us. You can catch the podcast on KGY.FM. And uh, be sure and join us next week. We'll have results from the state tournaments and more right here on Olympia's KGY. Now time for the weekday workday kickoff. All the greatest hits back-to-back right here on 95.3.